I want to talk to you about something that is maybe a follow-up of last Sunday. Last Sunday was a message on what is the gospel. And today I want to tell you what is my gospel. It's good to have a good message. But, you know, I not only want to have a good message, I want to have the best message. I would hate to think that I have lived for 50 years after I trusted Christ as my Savior and preached a message, but it wasn't the best message. I would hate to think that there's another gospel out there somewhere that's better than the one that I've been preaching. I have never in 50 years had to apologize for the gospel that I preach. I believe that it is the gospel, and I don't believe there is a message better than the one that we have. I am also thankful, very thankful, that I have the privilege of following in the steps of a man like Dr. Hank Lindstrom, who knew the gospel and believed the same gospel. And so we have the same gospel. So I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans in chapter 2. The book of Romans and chapter 2. Here in the book of Romans in chapter 2, I want you to see there in verse 11, verse 11 down to verse 16 where he says, For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. So the Bible says there's those that are going to perish. It means that they're not going to heaven. It means whenever Christ said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. But there's a lot of people who do not believe in Him. And they will perish. They will actually be in a literal fire-burning hell for all eternity. And they will have no salvation. This is why God says for us who do care to share the gospel, to preach the gospel. And he makes this statement here in the, uh, verse 13, For not the hearers of the law are just before God. How many times have you heard somebody say, Well, I've read the Bible. I've, I've read the Bible through and through. I know all about the Bible. But just because you read it don't mean you understand it. And you'd be surprised how many people, even preachers, that do not understand the truth of the gospel. The Apostle Paul made the statement in the book of Galatians in chapter 2. He says that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. You see, we defend it because if we don't defend it against any works whatsoever, one work destroys grace. One work. Then it's no longer grace. So the test of the gospel is it by grace. And he says here, in verse 14, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these have a not the law or a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the means while accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, and you ought to underline the last phrase, according to my gospel. There is no respect of persons with God. And did they or did they not 
trust Christ as their Savior. Not to do so, there's a great penalty, a great price to pay for not trusting the Lord. Now, I want you to look there in your notes that I gave to you. There can only be two options concerning salvation. One, you can be saved and lose it. Or you can be saved and not lose it. Don't that make sense? You can either be saved and lose it, or you can be saved and not lose it. It's got to be one way or the other. It cannot be both ways. It can't be both ways. It's impossible. When I trusted Christ as my Savior 50 years ago, then I have either done things that would cause me to lose my salvation and then had to get saved again, or I was saved forever. That day, I trusted Christ as my Savior. It cannot be both ways. The only way that I can say at this point in my life that I know that I'm going to heaven whenever I die, whether it's today or tomorrow or whenever, is that it's free. But if it's not free, and I have to earn it by some performance of mine, then I can't be sure I'm going because I'm not sure how I'm going to perform. And that would be true with any preacher, any person, in any church. If they're eventually going to heaven depends upon their performance, how they live, then their salvation depends upon their works. That means they can't be sure how they're going to perform because they'd have to be God to know the end from the beginning. But what if God, from the beginning, has already declared, not by works of righteousness which we have done. Now that blows most people right out of the saddle. But people are not really listening. They have ears to hear, but they don't hear it. They have eyes to see, but they don't see it. And they can be so close for so many years of their life and still not get it. They can't believe that God would love them that much, that He would give them eternal life without any promises of how they're going to live. Now, I want you to think about this. If I can be saved and lose it, all right, how can can I lose it? What would I have to do to lose it? And if I lost it, would I know when I lost it? See, this is one of the problems that most people have when they think you can be saved today and then lose it tomorrow, is they never know for sure when they lost it. Because they don't really know what sin cost them their salvation. Or how many of their sins cost them their salvation. So that's why most people say, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. I hope. But they don't really know. Wouldn't it be great if you could know positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you're going to heaven whenever you die? That's good news. If a man could lose his salvation because of some particular sin, well, I've, I've always been under the impression that when Christ died, he only had to die one time for all the sin of the whole world. Well, if he died and paid for all the sins of the world, what sin didn't he pay for? He paid for all my sins. Only thing I had to do is believe He did it for me and He would put that payment He made to my account and I get to go to heaven. So, 
That means it'd have to be a sin that Christ didn't pay for in order to condemn me. But if it's paid, why would I have to go to hell and pay for the sin if it's already paid? And I believe He did it for me. So there is no story in the Bible, there is no verse in the Bible that says a man can be saved and lose it. The other point made here is you can be saved and not lose it. Well, I believe, and I showed you this last week, that when you trusted Christ as your Savior, God said, not Yankee, not the preacher, God says, I will in no wise cast you out unless you sin again. No, he didn't say that. But that's what people add to it. Or, you know, you, you can't tell me that all you can do is trust Christ as Savior and you'll go to heaven when you die. Why can't I tell you that if God said that? If God said that, is that good enough? In other words, it boils down to, is it you can't believe God? People just can't believe Him. Because, you see, we think God thinks the way we think. And in His Word, He says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. We honestly, and with most people, I would say, believe that you, you ought to deserve to go to heaven. And that all those bad people, well, they deserve to go to hell. But God says there are no good people. That we're all bad. We've all sinned. We've all come short of God's perfection. So nobody has ever been able to save themselves or keep themselves saved. How can I keep myself saved? I wasn't good enough to save myself from my sin. So how is my good life going to keep me from committing some sins? You mean I can't commit one and if I do, now I go to hell? There is no chapter and verse in the Bible that says it. So it can't be both ways. Look at number one there in your notes. The means of salvation. How is a man saved? You remember last week I took my coat on and I put my coat off. I took my coat on and I took my coat off. Showing you that you're either saved by grace or you're saved by works. But you can't be saved by both. Because he says, if it is by grace, then it can't be by works. Otherwise, grace isn't grace. But if it is by your work, then it can't be by grace. Otherwise, work isn't work. It's got to be either by grace or by works. Have you ever heard of a verse that says, for by grace are you saved? That not of itself. It is the gift of God. Not of work. Not of works. Not. See, God has spoken, but people can't believe that. They still believe that you still got to do good works to eventually make it. Not true. So he says, if it is by grace, it must be totally by grace. Totally. Not just that he saved me today, now i got to earn it for the rest of my life. No. Being saved for all my life is by grace. I don't work to do anything to save myself by any performance that I do. Now, in our mind, we think, well, that's the way it ought to be, but not in God's Word. God is the architect. He is the designer of the plan of salvation. And this is what God said. If it cannot be both ways, then which way is it? It is by grace and grace alone. Grace means you do not deserve it. And this is what's hard for people to understand. For example, do, do I have to go to church to go to heaven? No. Do I have to give money to go to heaven? No. Do I have to be water baptized to go to heaven? No. 
Do I have to keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven? No. Well, then how do I get there? Christ died for me. Christ died for me. He paid my way. And all I had to do was believe He did it for me. It is so simple that people can't believe it. And yet that's all they have to do. And it doesn't matter how sincere a person may be. You're still going to be lost. You'll still be separated from God. I know it sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God would literally do this. Let a, a person spend an eternity separated from God in hell and never get out. And sometimes we think, well, maybe down the road, you know, after a little ways, God will just, hey, just, just forget all of it. Let's just all go into heaven. But that ain't what he said. That's not what he said. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He that believeth not. So that's not the same. The wrath of God abides upon him. Forever. doesn't say temporarily. But it's forever. Look at number two. The duration of salvation. How long is it supposed to last? Well, what is he going to give me? If I do trust Christ as my Savior, what will He give me? If I trusted Christ as my Savior 50 years ago, what did He give me? He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. How long would that last? Forever. If He gives me everlasting life, evidently that's how long I'll be saved for. Forever. Why would He give me everlasting life? If it doesn't last forever. He should just give me temporary life. You know, guaranteed for maybe 24 hours. Or maybe, maybe a week. He that believeth on me hath life for a month. But if he had just said what it was, then I know how long I'd be saved for. Don't you think that would have been fair for God to do for us? But he didn't even say a year. He just put that word in there forever. He that believeth on me is saved forever. Hath everlasting life. I'll say forever. Forever. You say, you don't be, deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to be saved for a minute. I don't deserve to be saved for a day. I didn't deserve to be saved for a month. I don't deserve to be saved for a year. Let alone forever. But what if God really meant what He said? What if He really meant that? It means that every preacher who teaches the other is wrong. They're wrong. And there's a lot of them that are preaching just that kind of a message. Here in your notes, I had fun doing this. Confidence in eternal security. Consider the following questions. Which would be the best news? Here's the question. See if you can pass the test. Is it best... To think, hope, guess, or know that you have eternal life. Which would be the best answer? Boy, y'all are brainwashed. It's best to know. Well, but does the Bible say that? Where does the Bible say that you can know that you have eternal life? I'm so glad you know where it's found. Where's it found? 1 John 5.13. Look over there. I want you to see this verse. I did not put this in the Bible. But I was 18 years old when I saw it for the first time. 
Remember, I wasn't raised in church. But when my father-in-law showed me this verse, man, it, it didn't take long before I got big old swelling tears in my eyes. I just, I just, it, it's so hard to believe that you can know you have eternal life. Know that you're going to heaven. Look what he says in verse 13. These things have I written unto you that keep the Ten Commandments and go to Calvary Community Church and pays 50%. It says, these things have I written unto you that what? Believe. Believe on the name of the Son of God that you, who? Those that believe. You may know that you have eternal life. Not everybody. Those that believe can know this. Know what? Know that you have what kind of life? Eternal life. So I can know I have eternal life. Now look what he says in verse 10. Verse 10 he says, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. Not to believe what God says is to call God a liar. He said that if I trusted him, he would save me. For how long? He's he going to give me everlasting life. Must be forever. And if it's forever, not to believe that is to call God a liar. You say, but you can't tell. Maybe I can't. Can God? Would a person listen to what God says? He said, if you don't believe what I'm telling you, you're calling me a liar. But look what else he says here. In verse 11, this is the record that God hath given, past tense, not going to, hath given to us, those that believe, eternal life. And this life is where? In the sons. Not in the church. It's not in the Ten Commandments. It's in Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So who has eternal life? Those who have the Son. Not who that has good works. I got my baptism I'm trusting in. I got my church membership I'm trusting in. Well, that can't save you. You're trusting in something won't work. Won't work. Salvation is in Christ. It's in a person. Look down in verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. So see, not everybody understands it. That we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So he that hath the Son hath eternal life. Eternal life is the Son. Eternal life is Christ. When you have Christ, you have eternal life. And the only way that I could ever go to hell is for Jesus Christ to go with me. I don't think he's going. And he says that he'll never leave me and never forsake me. Wherever he is, it's where I'm going to be. And I don't care where he is. I'm going to be with him. Because he'll never forsake me. That's a promise in His Word. I either believe what He says or I don't believe it. And if I do believe it, then that's what I ought to preach. What is my gospel that I preach? I don't believe that it's just a good message. I believe it's the best message. In other words, I don't believe there is a message better than this message. We don't have to apologize for this message. We don't have to be ashamed of this message. We ought to be able... To stand up against anybody, radio, TV, I don't care who they are, 
anybody, and say, this is the gospel. This is the message that I believe and what I preach. And I don't apologize for it. This is the truth. I do believe that I am eternally secure. There is no other way of knowing that you're going to heaven. So, is it better to think, to hope, to guess, maybe, perhaps, or know that I have eternal life, to know that I'm going to heaven? Look at the next question. Is it better to have a payment for some of my sins, most of my sins, or all of my sins? Which would be the best? All of my sins. Well, slap my mouth. That's what I believe. So then evidently, I must believe the best message. Well, of course I do. We teach the best message, the gospel. That is so wonderful. I want you to look at this verse. Look here in the book of Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 38 and 39. 38 and 39. And just look and see what it says. Verse 38 says, this is on page 1167 in an old Schofield reference Bible, one of the church Bibles from the pew there. Verse 38 says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Did you know forgiveness of sins is for all my sins? And to be forgiven of all my sins is eternal security. To be forgiven of all of my sins, there's no, he can't hold them against me. What sin going to condemn me to hell if they're all forgiven? All my sins. See, the penalty of my sins have been forgiven. And he says here in this verse 39, And by him, Christ, by him, get this, all that believe. Now there's some people that will believe it, some people will not believe it. They'll never believe it. All that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You could never keep the law of Moses and be justified. You'll never live perfect enough to say, I've kept the law, I deserve to be saved and deserve to go to heaven because I have lived such a good life. There has never been such a person in this world, man or woman. Now, we're excluding Jesus Christ. Everybody else, nobody has ever lived good enough to save themselves. Not one. That's why Christ died for all. And just so that you know this, Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, says, I will rejoice in God my Savior. If she was not a sinner, she would not need a Savior. Think it through. He is the Savior of the world, and everybody needs a Savior. I just heard recently that they're talking about trying to make somebody a, a saint. It's been in the papers. Front page. And they're just trying to find a miracle that somebody did that can claim and say, yes, he did perform a miracle. And so one person testified, I was healed because of it, and therefore they have the right to be a saint. Now let me just explain this to you. I am a saint. And I don't need your vote. I don't... 
require your vote. You say, how come you get to be a saint? Now, I'm not a Saint Bernard. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a saint. I'm a saint because I have been made pure and holy and set apart by the payment Christ made on the cross for me. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are a saint. That's why the Bible says, to the saints that are at Rome, to the saints that are at Corinth. And yet these saints weren't living like saints. But because Christ paid for their sins, they were sanctified. The word hagiazo in the Greek, set apart, been made pure and holy. And that's why we call this sometimes a sanctuary. Your body is to be sanctified because you are a saint. So I don't have to worry about, did I perform any miracles? Is there anything that I've done that now everybody's going to vote on me being a saint? Three or four hundred years after I'm dead, who cares? Who cares what people think about you? You're, we're going to make Jay, we're going to make Jay a saint. And, and let's say Jay's been dead for a hundred years. Do you think he really cares? And what, what do we bestow? What did we do for him? Nothing. It's a joke. That's religion. It's not the Bible. It's religion. That's where man says, Ah, oh, he was so good. We've got to bestow upon him some special honor. And yet in God's eyes, if he'd never trusted Christ as Savior, oh, Rabbi Jay goes to hell. But the only reason he'll get to go to heaven is that did he trust Christ as Savior. Have you trusted the Lord yet, Jay? Oh, goodness, that's great. I hate for him to teach a Bible lesson and read our scriptures for us every Sunday and he doesn't even know the Lord. But it says that you're justified by faith and faith alone, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. People don't believe the scripture. Look at letter C. Is it better to be saved for a day, a month, a year, or forever? forever. See, wouldn't that be better? I mean, if God can save me for a day, oh, why can't God just go ahead and save me forever? What be the, what's the difference? If He can't save me for no longer than a day or a week, then I don't need it. I don't need it. But now, if it's forever, now that's, you know, that's worth crossing the ocean for. That's worth missionaries going to here and there and around the square telling people how to have something because you got something. To go into all the world and tell people, you've got to be good. Is that good news or bad news? To tell people to be good, to go to heaven, is bad. It causes people to think, I can maybe live up to being good enough to make it. And so they go to church and they do all these good things and give some money, trying to earn their way to heaven. And God's already said, it's free. It's free. And people just can't believe it. Letter D. To have a salvation. You can lose or one you can't lose. Just think about the question. Is it better to have a salvation that you can lose or you can't lose? The one you can't lose. Wouldn't that be better? Why wouldn't God make it that way if that's the best? Why in the world would Christ down the cross to pay for my sins to save me for a day or a week, but He can't do it forever? In other words, I couldn't get saved by my works. Then pray to him, how can I keep my salvation by my works? They weren't good enough to save me. 
How come they're good enough now to keep me saved? It's either by grace or it's by work. It can't be both ways. As much as I want people to go to church and learn the Word of God, I can't put that as a requirement to go to heaven. Why? I'm not God. What right do I have to change the Word of God? Just because I want people to live right. Do I want you to serve the Lord and do right, to read His Word, to pray, to give? Do I want you to do those things? Yes, but not to get to heaven, because it won't get you there. It'd be a total waste of my time and yours. And yes, there's some people who trust Christ as Savior. They have eternal life, and they'll go to heaven when they die. And they may never darken the doors of a church, may never give a cent. And yet they'll go to heaven because God loves them that much. Has nothing to do with it, whether you like it or you don't like it. It's not in your power. It's not in your hand. Everybody in this church, if you hated my guts and you wanted me to go to hell, sorry. I'm going to heaven anyway. And you might as well like me here because you're going to have to live with me there for, eight, for eternity. So you might just start loving me now. Look at the next letter E. To receive eternal life as a free gift or by living a perfect life. If you had a choice, which way would you want it? Would you want it as a gift or would you want to try to live a perfect life to get it? And remember, when you want to live a perfect life, that means from the time you're born to the time you die. How you doing? You say, well, I haven't sinned in 40 years. Let me talk to your wife. I think you're lying. If you're lying, you're dying. Now look at the four things that I mentioned down here on the bottom, the strong points of our salvation. Once you are his child, you're always his child. It's kind of like uh, when me and Betty had three kids born into our family. They will always be our kids. Can't unborn them. Tried. <laughs> no. They're all, once you're born in your family, they're always your children. But I've tried to tell my kids something that God's Word teaches. You have a choice of being an obedient child or disobedient child, but you're still His child. When you trust in Christ as Savior, you can be an obedient or disobedient. And if you're an obedient child, God said He'll bless you here, reward you when you get to heaven. If you're disobedient, He says, I'm going to have to chasten you, discipline you. Maybe take you home before your time. So can I live as I please? Yes, I can. And still go to heaven? Yes, I can. Any preacher that tells you otherwise doesn't understand it. He's a compromiser. If he does believe it, if he's afraid that he don't, you're going to turn against him or leave the church. I don't worry about tiptoeing through the tithers. But I want people to serve the Lord. I don't want them to be chastened. I want people to do right because I want God's blessing upon you. When you get to heaven, I want God to be able to reward you. But you don't do those things to get there. See, going to heaven is free. What you have when you get there depends upon what you do for Him. So I try to challenge and motivate people. Yes, I want you to love the Lord. I want you to serve Him with all your heart. But not to get to heaven. Because that's impossible. And if we just keep those things strong. But once you're His child, you are His child forever. Look at letter B. Once forgiven, always forgiven. Your sins are removed as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up again. Once a saint, always a saint. Hebrews 10, 14 says, once perfected, always perfected. 
People that believe you can lose your salvation don't believe God made you perfect in Christ when he saved you. Now, this is what's difficult. Have you ever seen a perfect person? In Christ, we're all perfect. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were born into God's family without a sinful nature. See, I've been born twice. The first time, well, that was pretty bad. I got an old sinful nature and messed up an awful lot. Still bothers me every once in a while. But I trusted Christ as my Savior and God gave me a new birth. The new one doesn't have a sinful nature. It was born of God. Because it doesn't have a sinful nature, it doesn't sin. If it doesn't sin, it doesn't die. So you see, my second birth lasts forever. It was born from an incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God. So I got two births. The first one, well, one of these days, they're going to bury it in the ground. They're all going to cry a little bit. And, oh, we miss it. But while you're down here moaning and groaning, I'm, I'm going to be up there. Because see, though I die, yet shall I live. I'm going to heaven, my new birth, and it's perfect. That's how come I can go to heaven when I die. Why? Because my second birth is perfect. You see, you have to be perfect to go to heaven, and people can't get this. You'll never be perfect by trying to get your first birth to improve. You can send it to church and all those things, but it won't improve it. You're still a sinner. Nothing's changed. It's whenever you trust Christ as your Savior and God gives you a new birth, you become His child. And once you're His child, you're His child forever. And in letter D, you see, if in this life, if you serve the Lord, once God says, lay up treasure in heaven, where thieves can't break through and steal it, it means you can't lose it. So if I was to serve the Lord here in the few years that God gives me to live, I'm laying up treasure in heaven. And he makes a statement in the book of Matthew in chapter 10. He says, And whosoever shall give even unto these little ones a cup of cold water in my name, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. You see, when you do things that God wants you to do, treasure, rewards laid up in heaven, you can't lose. You can only lose what you could have done, what you could have done. God says He wants us to receive a full reward. I mean, serve the Lord all your life. That means from the time I trust the Lord till the time that I leave this world, it's the will of God that I walk with my Heavenly Father, that I serve Him. But I don't do it to get to heaven. But God says He's going to bless me anyway. He's going to reward me when I get there. And I feel I just want God to do whatever God wants to do. And if He wants to bless me in this life, Lord, you go right ahead. And if He wants to reward me when I get to heaven, that's fine with me. I serve the Lord because of what He has done for me, not what He's going to do. Just saving me from hell is enough reason for me to serve the Lord for the rest of eternity. I want you to look in your Bible very quickly to the book of John chapter 3. John chapter 3. The Gospel of John, chapter 3. I want you to know that if you do not trust Christ as Savior, sometimes people think, and it's a verse written in the book of uh, Hebrews in chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. That judgment 
is the great white throne judgment. At the great white throne judgment, there is no second chance. There's no second chance. And the Bible says if their names are not found in the Lamb's book of life, which means the second birth, you trusted Christ as Savior, then if your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, then they're cast into the lake of fire where they will be forever and ever. There's no second chance. They don't get out and get the chance to, you know, change their mind. That's why he says, as the tree falls, so shall it lie. When you die, it's either you're in Christ or you're not in Christ. You see, we were born in sin. If you live in sin and die in sin, that's a position. Then you're lost for all eternity. But when you're born in sin and you trust Christ as Savior, you're in Christ. Not in sin. You're in Christ. And to die in Christ is to live forever with the Lord. So anyone who trusts Christ as Savior, you have eternal life. And he says here in verse six, uh, 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is, what's the word? Condemned. Condemned. Already. Why? Because he hath not believed. So you can't make people believe it. But I want you to understand that if you're here this morning and you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, you say, well, that's okay because I'll get a, a chance to have... There's people who call themselves Jehovah's Witnesses that believe you're just in soul sleep. And eventually one of these days, see, God can give everybody a, another chance. Boy, don't that sound like... Well, it, it doesn't matter. I got another opportunity coming down the road. I'll just wait till then. That is totally contrary to everything taught in this book. It makes a mockery out of preaching the gospel now. Because it won't really matter. If you eventually can all get there, and there's people who believe in universalism, that everybody's going to be there anyway. You don't need to worry about it now. Is that the Bible? No. It makes a mockery out of preaching the gospel. Because why preach the gospel? Why wouldn't see anybody? Let them alone. When they get a second chance, they'll all believe anyway. So see there? But what if it's, what if it's not true? The Bible says there's those who believe and those that do not believe. And those that do not believe it, God says, are condemned. Look what he says there in verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath what? Everlasting life. But look at the other part of it. Don't forget the other part of the verse. He that believeth not the Son shall not, that's in the future, shall not what? Shall not see life until he gets a second chance. See, you don't, see people read in the Scripture, it's not there. It don't say that. It says he shall not, that's a promise, that's in the future, will not see life. But, what? The wrath of God abideth upon him. The wrath of God. And how long do you think that's going to be? Where it says in the book of Revelation, the smoke of their torment, not the smoke from the fire, the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And when he took the beast and the false prophet and cast him into the lake of fire, and then later the devil was cast into the bottomless pit, after the thousand years was over, the devil was cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. Still there. 
And when you read the book of Matthew, I want you to do this one verse. Look in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Matthew, chapter 25. Matthew 25. Now look at verse 41. Verse 41. You see, I know the devil's going to be there. Maybe the angels will be there, but people? Well, look in verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand. Now these, this word them refers to people. People. Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Look down in verse 45. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I send you in so much as you did it un, not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these, these, shall go away into, how long is this punishment to last? Everlasting punishment. Punished for how long? Forever. But the righteous into eternal life. Life eternal. Is there a difference here? Is there a contrast? Yes, there is. Does it seem like we're all going to be in the same place eventually? No. That's heresy. It's not the Bible. It's not what we're taught. This means that it's important for you right now to make sure. Have you really trusted Christ as your Savior? You can hear it for years. But did you really hear it? Do you really understand if you don't trust Christ as your only hope of going to heaven, you don't go to heaven. You don't go. You will go to a literal fire-burning hell. And there's preachers today that don't even want to mention the word hell because it makes people feel uncomfortable. Did you know that it will not be long before me preaching on hell is going to be against public policy? Because it's going to cause people mental anguish. I'm not joking. It's coming. And I will probably have myself a jail ministry. Because I will not trim one word of what I believe the book teaches. You don't need a Savior to keep you from going to a place if it doesn't exist. I believe Christ died and paid for my sins so that I would not go there. That's why I needed a Savior to save me from that place. I don't want to go to hell. And that's why when I was 18 years old, I sat there in that living room, and I bawled like a baby. And all I knew is when my father-in-law stopped talking to me, I knew if what he says is true, I am going to hell. I'm going to hell. And I knew I don't want to go there. So that night I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I know that I'm going to heaven. And I believe that I not only have a good message, I got the best message. A gospel that has power to it. Because this gospel saves me from all my sins forever. And I can know that I'm going to heaven. It doesn't get any better than this. God, I have a new commercial on TV. Look up here. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Hates our sin. But he loves us. So the Bible says that uh, to pay for sin is eternal separation from the Lord. Since we're all in the same boat. And God is not a respect of persons. 
God can't save one person unless they deserved it. And there's nobody that deserves it. So nobody can go to heaven by earning it. So God says, to go to heaven, I have to be perfect, as righteous as God. No sin. But I, I'm not perfect. I am a sinner. And God says, I cannot save myself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us, hates our sin, because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. And said that if you and I, if we would believe that He did it for us, He would put this payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. And if you believe this, if you believe it, He says, I give to you everlasting life. It means life that lasts forever. That's eternal security. What it means is, once you're saved, you're always saved. Once you're a child of God, you're always a child of God. And once you're forgiven, you're always forgiven. That's the book. Let's pray, shall we? If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, but if you're here this morning and you say, that made sense to me, and I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die, and preach, I'd like you to pray for me. It doesn't matter how many times you've heard it, or how sincere you may be. Are you saved? Are you going to heaven when you die? Do you know for sure? If you're not, why not right now in the quietness of this moment just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I know I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust Him as my only hope of going to heaven. If you're making that decision, I'd like to know it. I'd like to pray for you. I'm not going to have you forward or embarrass you, but right where you're sitting, you can just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just slip it up real quick, put it right back down. Are there others? Our Father, we do thank you so much for all you've done for us. For the one indicating that by an uplifted hand that they would accept the payment you made on the cross for them. We ask your blessings upon each person here. And, and Father, help us to see the importance of why we need to tell people about it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.